Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Three, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Wednesday afternoon, or I think about it, it's Thursday. No, wait a minute, no, no, it's Friday Eve. Eve. That's probably a limit to how far we can go with that. Well, it's Wednesday. We have a lot of stuff to deal with, including our friend Mike Dickinson. Now, you know, Mike is the dedicated. Citizen reporter exclusive to this program every Wednesday at 3.30, Mike joins us. And Mike told everybody about the shooting down at the Altria. Remember that? Was it Huguenot High School students? Remember that? It's got to be six months ago. Mike said, I'm here to tell you, this is not quite what it seems to be. I'm hearing that there might be gang affiliations. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. And everybody at the edge said, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Well, a judge declared that the report on that shooting had to be released, had to be made public. And to put it mildly, it does not do any favors for our nominal superintendent of schools. What's his name again? It doesn't matter. I mean, they it, it really doesn't. Uh, this guy is like LeVar's bestest buddy, and he sits inside the Ed Shed, sends out these outrageous left-wing missives every single day. Kids can't read. Kids can't write. Kids can't add. They don't have uh, materials in schools. And the uh, superintendent caught yet again in a, well, problematic situation. Will anything happen to him? No, of course not. That's the worst part of it. And the losers in all of this, in addition to the taxpayers in the city of Richmond, in addition to the parents who are forced to send their children to RPS, are the children themselves. The students inside the Richmond public schools, once again, are getting the short end of the stick. And it would be so nice, so nice, if anyone actually cared about those kids. I don't live in the city of Richmond, as you know. But I care about the kids in the city of Richmond. Quite frankly, I care more about the children in the city of Richmond than the mayor of the city of Richmond. 
Lavar Stoney couldn't tell you about anything he's done for the kids in the city of Richmond because, again, they're not on his agenda. His agenda has always been about uh, moving on to some other political office. Maybe Jason Cameras, that's his name, the uh, nominal superintendent of schools, maybe he'll wind up as uh, LeVar Stoney's campaign manager. I love these guys that fail their way up. It'd be nice if they just failed their way out. You know what would be the nicest? Honest to goodness, if I could somehow, someway prevail upon my friend, former Governor Doug Wilder, 93 years of age, Kinahara. He should he should live another 93 years. He's such a great man. I, 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 I wish that he would say, okay, okay, Jeff, it's enough. I will. I'll run for mayor of Richmond one more time. That'll do it. Just four years, because Doug Wilder would not even take four years to get that place straightened back up. He could do it, I'll, I'll bet you, in a couple of weeks. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I just wanted to share that with you. So Mike is going to be with us at the uh, the bottom of the hour, 3.33. Our old friend Tim Anderson, former state delegate, uh, is going to be joining us in the 4 o'clock hour because he's he's actually got some interesting stuff going on. I mean, he always has interesting stuff, and I'm always grateful to him for sitting here and taking care of this here little show uh, when I go away. He and uh, John Burkett, crime insider from CBS 6, do such a nice job. And of course, uh, former Governor Wilder. I've got a, I've got this great collection of these three amazing men, these three Virginia treasures who helped me out uh, on days off. But Tim will be with us at 433. And then at uh, 533, Chesterfield County Sheriff Carl Leonard is going to be dropping by. I want him to give us an update on the big Special Olympics fundraiser. Remember the way this works. If he raises $10,000, and he's he's pretty close. He's up to $7,100 at the moment. If he raises $10,000, he will take to Facebook and do a live broadcast, just like I'm doing right now. If you're not with me, by the way, The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. The Jeff Cat Show on Facebook. He will get on our page. He'll do a live broadcast from uh, Journey's End Tattoo Studio out in uh, Powhatan, thanks to uh, Mike Ivey, who's the, uh, the well, it's his studio, and he's the chief artist, and he's been a, uh, a tattoo guy in Inkmeister for, I think, 30, 40 years. Does great work. And, and Carl has said he will get the Special Olympics logo tattooed somewhere on himself. And I am always looking to help, as you know. Helpful sort of a guy. I said, all right, if we can get to $15,000, Carl, I will do it as well. So the challenge is out there, and we've only got a couple of weeks left. We don't have a lot of time left. We need to get Carl to 10000 so that he gets the Special Olympics logo tattooed. And if we get to the 15000 I don't know where I will get it. I don't know if I have to roll up a sleeve or roll up uh, one of my uh, pants legs, but uh, I, too, will get the uh, Special Olympics tattoo and we will do it live so you can watch it and enjoy it and uh revel in our pain all right whatever uh all of that being said uh, make sure you are here for all of that i i do have to tell you i'm going to share a, a post in a moment i just read this in the new york post and boy it's disturbing let me uh, let me just give you the title psychopaths Psychopaths are more likely to show this surprising physical trait, according to a study. So, you know, I am, I'm fascinated by psychopathy. 
I am a uh, a student of the mind, and I read all the time, all the time, things that can help people uh, expand their their thinking and get focused in a positive way and do good things. But there is something that is called the dark triad, and if you're not familiar with it, uh, there are there are three attitudes associated with what's called the dark triad narcissism psychopathy and machiavellianism and this is what you find in your your classic psychopaths well the the team found that uh psychopaths are more likely to have index fingers which are shorter than their ring fingers now why am i upset by that well if you are with me on Facebook Live right now, you can see why. I'm holding my hands up there, and you can see my ring fingers far exceed my index fingers. And I don't know if I just have to start asking friends. And how do you ask somebody? Hey, uh, we've known each other a while. Would would you um, would you describe me as a psychopath? And I'm thinking, oh, God. Now, psychopathy, by the way, the the traits that are found. In psychopaths are not necessarily directed towards evil believe it or not I mean we always hear about that that the, the evil psychopath but you know what the other research shows the other research shows that big-time CEOs business leaders political leaders also exhibit the the same traits the same traits of psychopathy so I'm looking at myself going, well, okay, I'm I'm not exactly a CEO or a business leader or a political leader, and I know I've not done anything bad. Maybe I'm just one of those guys who can say, eh, it's just the way my fingers are, are, are laid out, and we'll just leave it at that. But take a look at your fingers, and I would say let me know, but frankly, if you are a psychopath, I, I just stay away. That's all. Uh, regardless of which sort of uh, psychopathy you're exhibiting, I, I just I don't want to know. Last night, Joe and I, my youngest guy, were at the uh, Altria Theater. We saw Annie. And Annie is, look, it's an old play, and it's set in, well, at this point, it's olden times. Because Annie herself, the character of Annie, if Annie were alive today, she'd be 100 years old. Let that sink in for a second, huh? But we saw the show, and, and the reason that we were so excited about seeing it, I mean, I love the Broadway Enrichment Theory series, I love the Altria Theater, and, and I go whenever I get the opportunity, and Joe has become sort of my, uh, my play partner when he's home. He happens to be home from college at the moment, but the very first play that my little guy Joe was ever in was a production of Annie in his middle school. So I thought, well, this is perfect, and we went... The play itself was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. The performers were great. Uh, it was nice to hear some of these songs that we just haven't heard in a long time. And and the whole underlying theme of it actually is is pretty positive. Having said that, i got to tell you something. If your daughter is six years old and she really doesn't want to go to the play, you ought not bring her. Because we had to deal with that, and I'll give you a couple of details about that in just a moment. It is 314, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It's the hard knock life for us. It's the hard knock life for us. Stand treated, we get treated. 
Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Couple of quick texts here on the uh, Chronic Care of Richmond text line, 833 804 1140. 833 804 1140. And I'll tell you about this uh, situation that Joe and I had last night. We went to uh, Annie at the Altria Theater. The stage production was, was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Very, very, it's actually very inspiring. It's very hopeful. And this, uh, I think it's tomorrow, we've got uh, the gentleman who plays FDR. I, I, I had forgotten what a major role FDR had in this play, or at least the, uh, the character of FDR. And what's really funny, uh, there are a lot of great jokes that Oliver Warbucks throws out there, because he's not really familiar with Democrats, he's a big-time Republican, but uh, some great lines. So I'll talk a little bit of that in a moment, but couple of quick texts on the Chronic Care of Richmond uh, text line. Jeff, well, now we're all psychopaths. Uh, I don't know anyone with an index finger longer than their ring finger. Maybe after everything we were told about COVID, we should worry about people with an index finger longer or equal to their ring finger. Just a thought, Tracy and Henrico. Love you, Jeff. Love you too, Tracy. It's been forever. Glad to, uh, to have you with us. Glenn in Midlothian says, hey, Jeff, you know, Governor Wilder is 93 today. That's correct. We just wished him a very, very happy birthday. But did you know that James Earl Jones has the exact same birthday? Both men are 93 today. I did not know that. Well, they're uh, two of my favorite folks. So, yeah, uh, happy birthday to James Earl Jones. And uh, I don't know him. But I am a uh, tremendous admirer of his uh, on-screen performances. And what an amazing voice. Good Lord. Just the sort of voice that uh, anybody and everybody uh, who's involved in broadcasting or speaking would like to have. You know, he's, he's amazing. And, and then former Governor Doug Wilder, who I actually do know and uh, just think the world of, he's also celebrating his 93rd birthday. So happy birthday to both of those fine gentlemen. Let me tell you about the little kid last night at the Altria Theater. Now, it is Annie, so there were plenty of younger people. I think it's great. I think the opportunity to have your children exposed to theater is is, is just... It's it's a wonderful thing. It's a great thing. I love that uh, people brought their children. There were so many kids who were just so excited about being there. Not everybody. We, we had a, a young guy sitting next to us, and it was pretty clear he wanted to be just about anywhere except where he was, but he was very well-maintained, very well-behaved, conducted himself properly. So it's like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe theater is not his thing. That's fine. But he was, he was clearly a, a well-mannered, polite young man. That was not the case with the uh, little person in front of us. And when you show up late to the theater, here's something I've learned over the years, whether it's, it's live theater or you're getting late to a movie. Don't you wait for an opportunity to get yourself seated and situated? You, you don't just sort of barge in and, and go through the people in the aisle and, and then take a bunch of time taking off your coat, taking off her coat, putting a little thing over here, putting a little thing over there. Because right behind you are people trying to see the play or, or the concert or, or the movie or the debate or any of these things. 
But that's what happened. So, I mean, right away, it's off to a, sort of a bad start in that regard. But then when your your kid is squirming and jumping and putting the legs up and, in, in, you know, on the back of the seat and the rest, i got to tell you something. I am a father. And I've got three children, and we have been in good situations where they were happy to be where they wanted to be, and sometimes where they thought, geez, this is not what I want to be doing. But you know what we did with each of them? We taught them to have some degree of respect for everybody else in that venue. And I am very happy to tell you that none of my children ever had a tantrum Never sat down in the middle of the uh, the supermarket aisle. Never did any of that stuff. And I know sometimes it happens. I'm not, I'm not knocking everybody uh, who has that situation happen. But when you're in a theater for a Broadway show and your child is not behaving, it is on you. And it's on you to do something so as not to distract from the experience for everybody else. And that didn't happen. Uh, Mike Dickinson coming up in a couple of moments. The real story of the Huguenot High shooting. Three thirty-three. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Wednesday afternoon. About an hour from now, we've got uh, Tim Anderson dropping by. Looking forward to chatting with him. Two hours from now, Chesterfield County Sheriff Carl Leonard is going to be dropping by absolutely positively looking forward to uh chatting with him as well find out uh if he's making more progress than is reflected on his page at the moment i see seven thousand one hundred dollars that's been raised now remember the ultimate goal is fifteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars he and i both get the special olympics logo tattooed on ourselves if we only make it to 10, it's only Carl, and you know the sheriff, he he likes to have company. So um, I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that we do get to that point. Okay, now you may or may not recall a few months back, oh, there was the shooting down near the Altria Theater. Huguenot High School graduation, there was all sorts of uh Things swirling around. Who was armed? Who wasn't armed? What was really involved? And you may or may not recall that the school district, uh, the superintendent in particular, wanted to make sure that none of us knew what really happened. Well, little bit of an eye-opener as we learn what really happened, and now we probably know why uh, the good superintendent cameras didn't want us to know. Our... Citizen journalist every Wednesday afternoon at uh, 3.30 is Mike Dickinson, and Mike was on top of the story from day one. Mike, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I would say that the Richmond school system is a Mickey Mouse operation, but that would be an insult to Mickey Mouse. I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, poor Mickey Mouse, they may be making weird movies that nobody wants to see, but fundamentally it's a business, <laughs> and... Uh, Goodness gracious. So you said from day one, Mike, that there was more to the story than Mr. Cameras wanted anybody to know. Lay it all out there for us, would you please? Yes. What a what a complete and utter failure of Jason Cameras and the school system. And how dare he try to cover this up and, and cover up the failures. The, the first failure, and, and this is probably the most startling one, Sean Jackson, who was the victim 
the, he was the young man that was, was Sean killed that had all of the, the photos posted on Facebook and Instagram with lots of guns and lots of big bags of marijuana and making songs about killing people and rap music. Um, he wasn't even approved to graduate. There was questions if he even qualified to graduate. Jonathan Young, school board member, testified in the, in the investigation that he didn't think Sean Jackson even qualified to graduate. And he, he testified that school administrators uh, throughout the city, they, their hands are tied and they're pushed to graduate students and push them through and not suspend or expel them because that makes the, the statistics look even worse than they are. Oh. Um, that was the first thing. That's, okay. And that's what Jonathan Young testified. So wow. Sean Jackson, may, he may not, he, he didn't even qualify to get a degree. So, uh, you know, how did he graduate? What's going on with there? Mm-hmm. The second was, how is this kid, Sean Jackson, he's on a, a, a program called Homebound, which is for kids that have problems or kids that have mental health problems, or in Sean Jackson's case, he was involved in the murder of another person a year before and supposedly had a bunch of threats on his life. So he was taken out of the school because of all the threats on him. And, you know, it probably didn't, I mean, he was, and he was gloating about this in his own rap music online, and he was on Homebound. And when it came time to graduation, um, his mother called Monique Harris, a uh, Richmond public school counselor, and asked if, if Jackson could graduate with the class and walk across the, walk across the stage and get his diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, Harris testified that she could squeeze Jackson into graduation. And in the investigation, when they questioned her, she said that Jackson was approved. However, in an internal Richmond public school memo, Jackson, the, the Char Jackson, the, the victim, the, the gang member, he was never approved to graduate. How the hell did he get down there and get to walk across the stage when he was never approved to graduate? Wow. How did that happen? Um, and I got to ask worse. you a question. Oh, I know, but I, let me ask you one detail because last night, as my son Joe and I were there for Annie, we had to walk through metal detectors. Am I correct? Right. Okay. You know where I'm going. Am I correct in saying that the Huguenot High School students and families did not have to? Well, this is another thing. So there was three entrances: one for parents, one for dignitaries, and one for students. They had one worker working for 310 students. The majority of students came late, so they didn't get searched. And that was that. That's what was testified. Kevin Monroe, vice president of Huguenot said that he saw students come in late, not checked. He himself went through a metal detector. Kevin Monroe, vice principal at Huguenot, he went through a metal detector. He had keys in his pocket. The metal detector went off, and he was waved in because they were running late for the graduation. Stephanie Rizzi, a school board member, she saw no metal detectors. Wow. She saw no metal detectors. And uh, Dandridge Hawks, he's a school uh, security officer, he said that Richmond Public Schools knew that Sean Jackson didn't get metal detected. He knew that. He, he said that the Richmond Public Schools knew that. And oh he went on to further testify. He went on to further testify that the Richmond Public Schools security uh, people, they were monitoring Jackson's social media. And you've seen the pictures, him with guns and yep. drugs and, yep. you know, acting like, acting like a, you know, a bad person. The yep. school knew of his behavior. And they knew of all the threats against him and all the threats that he made. 
but that their input was not allowed. They were not consulted on the decision to let him graduate or even come down there, or they would have said no. Wow. Okay, so there's just a whole slew of stuff, Mike, stacking up here that lets us know, number one, what was really happening, and number two... Uh, explains why Superintendent Jason Cameras did not want this report to see the light of day. It's terrible, uh, and and I, I don't understand. Also, there, and there's still you know there's still people that are obstructing justice on this. They asked the Altria Theater and the company that provided the security for video footage so they could so they could look and see, and they won't comply. They won't comply with the investigators and turn over the video footage so we can see exactly. Sean Jackson coming in with with a gun. So that's what that's been what I've been saying the whole time is that Sean Jackson brought guns into the theater because we know from the police there were four guns found outside and there were three people. So we know that. <sighs> that's okay, so, so just, now explain to me. So so Sean Jackson was armed, correct? Is that do we know that for a yes. fact? Okay, he was he was armed. Okay, so he's armed. We've got three other guns that are outside the theater. Who else was involved in this, according to the report? So Sean Jackson, his stepfather Enzo Smith, who also had a shady background, mm-hmm. he was also shot. And then Amari Pollard, he was the the young man that's been arrested for all of this, and the. So the theory, then this is my, this is just my pontificating. My my belief is that Amari Pollard is going to say that Sean Jackson tried to tried to shoot him, and he shot him in self defense, and that's that's it's going to make the city of Richmond and the school system look even worse because they have no control of what's going on at a graduation. They have no control of the guns coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean. Where is Jason Cameron and all this, and who's he going to blame now? I mean, this, uh, he, he is. I mean, it's terrible. How can it, he? You 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 have one person to metal detect three hundred ten students, right. and you just give up and let them all in. It's insanity. I want to remind everybody, Mike Dickinson is joining us. Mike is uh, our exclusive citizen reporter doing real journalism out uh, out on the beat uh, the way that it used to be done. He and Andy No, I think, are just two of the uh, the best citizen journalists now. So tell me then, do we know if uh, Amari and Sean had heat? Yes, Amari Pollard was friends Sean Jackson was involved in a shooting in 2021, I mm-hmm. believe, mm-hmm. and killed some and killed someone. Um, he was a juvenile, so a lot of the details are hidden. But Sean Jackson was involved in that, and okay. that that young man that was killed was a friend of Amari Pollard. It was some kind of gang related issue, and and then when Jackson went on to rap about the killing and some of his rap music that was on YouTube before it was all scrubbed off of there, uh-huh. um, he bragged about he bragged about killing him, and you know the. the um, Pollard was irritated about that. Mm, this is incredible. And do you, it, well, I guess we don't know. I don't want anybody speculating, but uh, it, it, it's just fascinating how this is going to play out. And uh, it has to play out. I mean, we've got an ongoing uh, court case. Uh, we, we're now seeing this information that uh, RPS Superintendent Jason Cameras didn't want anybody to see at all. Uh, give me an update over in Henrico, the guy who uh, is alleged to have made the bomb threat against Andy No. He w- was he in court the other day? Yes, he was in court last week, and his his goofy attorney Tom Barber. He was he ran for Commonwealth attorney. He tried to primary 
uh, Colette McEachin. And he made, to show you how bad Tom Barber is, he makes Colette McEachin look sensible when it comes to law and order. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. I mean, Tom Barber wants the Portland, he wants the Portland Richmond. No, no bail, let everybody out all the time. Ten times worse than Colette McEachin. Wow. Um, they tried to make the argument that the, the, the bomb threat that Jimmy Jarvis made had no merit and that it was just a joke, it was a cartoon, and everybody would have got, should have gotten it at it, that it was a joke. That was Tom and Tom Barber tried to get it all thrown out. The judge did not buy that argument and certified the case, and the trial is going to be in April. Oh, okay. Now, here's a little lesson that I have learned throughout the years. When you when you make a joke and then you have to go back and explain to people, oh, yeah, that was a joke. I meant that to be funny. Might not have been funny in the first place. That's just my, uh, my own personal experience. Uh, and I just, I don't see bomb threats being funny or humorous in any way, particularly knowing the situation with Andy No, where this guy has been physically attacked, assaulted, battered uh, in different places. I, 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 maybe it's just me. Maybe my sense of humor is turned off. But boy, I didn't see anything funny about that at all. Well, and this is funny because all it's, it's well, it's, it's ironically weird because all of these people in Richmond who, who always get up in arms when anybody says anything about them or their demographic such as diversity thrift NAACP. If I if I put a picture online holding a stick of dynamite and said I'm on my way to diversity thrift, mm-hmm. everybody in the LGBTQ community in Richmond would would be up in arms, up in right. arms about it. Yeah. Or same thing. I was going to go, you know, but they're all quiet about this because oh, you know, it's Andy. No, they figure they, you know, it's okay. This, you know, we can we can say that about him. They, yeah, they they are all up in arms. Total hypocrites. Total hypocrites. Wow. All right. So the the trial then is going to be in April. You obviously are going to uh, stay on top of that for us. Uh, any other things you're you're looking at right now besides the developing Huguenot uh, high school shooting that we we will know to address with you in the in the next couple of weeks? Well, I'm dig- I want to dig into this principle of Huguenot because in the in the in the investigation, it's another total total disaster for Jason Cameras. The former pr- the principals were the buck stops in these high schools. Supposedly, that the principal is the one who's ultimately responsible for the operation of the school. Right. And at Huguenot, the principal was a guy named Robert Gilstrap, and they questioned and and talked to. Ten, eight or nine or ten people at Huguenot in the in the investigation, okay. and every one of them said that he was checked out. He didn't really care. He was looking for another job, so he didn't really care. Have any kind of of involvement about what was going on? He didn't care. And wow. how does Jason Cameras, the superintendent, not know that? And how does Jason Cameras let an employee like that continue on? Mm-hmm. It seems like whether you work at Walmart, a school a radio station, a nightclub, a bar, the, the president of the United States, it seems like if you don't want to do your job, your boss would come in there and tell you, okay, you're not going to do your job. Take a hike. I'll put somebody in here who can. That's exactly right. Well, Mike, I want people to follow you on social media because you break this stuff all the time. Again, every Wednesday afternoon at 3.30, you join us. You are our citizen journalist out there. How do people uh, follow what you're doing uh, via social media? They can go on X. It's Mike D for RVA on X. All right. Mike D for RVA on X. That's the best one. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mike, as always, I appreciate you being here. I am anxious to hear what you're going to have for us next week. 
Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. That is uh, Mike Dickinson. And I'll tell you what, this is getting, as Alice said many, 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 many years ago, curiouser and curiouser. It's, uh, it's bizarre, don't you think? But uh, I suppose we'll know at some point what the details are. And, and, the, and the guy who's doing the best on this is our citizen journalist, Mike Dickinson. It is 346 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Three fifty-three, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Couple of great texts coming in here on the Chronic Care of Richmond text line, Jeff. This report on what happened at the Altria Theater is astounding. Great work on the part of Mike Dickinson. Uh, the public has the right to expect Jason Cameras's immediate resignation. Ha! Yeah. Okay. Well, we know that's not going to happen, but uh, the. <laughs> The text on the Chronic Air of Richmond text line goes on. Captain of the ship screws up and covers up. It's time for a court-martial. Oh, I agree with you. But we're talking about the Richmond public schools. And, again, it's the children who attend the Richmond public schools who are the ultimate victims here. They're always the victims here. And it's sad. Man, it's more than sad. It's pathetic. It's inexcusable. Well, I don't live in the city of Richmond, Jeff. What do I care? Well, because they're human beings. That's why. Because they're children. And it's just what we're supposed to do. That's all. Another text that comes in on the chronic care of uh, Richmond text line. Jeff, Huguenot High School, unbelievable. Can you imagine what type of productive students this circus show of administrators are graduating? Oh, God help us all, right? Once again... Once again, I feel so bad for those kids in RPS. Now, let me explain this. My kids didn't go to school in the city. We didn't live in the city. But I grew up in the city. And I know what it's like to attend a city school system where you do not necessarily have all of the benefits where you do not necessarily have all of those neat things that can happen in suburban school systems. But by God, they ought to be getting an education. We'll have a little tribute to Vivek Ramaswamy moments from now. It is Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four oh five, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Wednesday afternoon. <sighs> Delayed by just a moment or two. Uh, well, this is real life, my friends. I think I've mentioned to you, Heidi got a brand new shoulder for Christmas. I I thought the sweater was a better gift, but you know, who am I to uh, argue with her? So she got this brand new shoulder. And she's very proud of it, uh, showing it off to everybody. But certain things she still can't do. I, I, I'm not keeping track, but I think it's like another 45 days of restrictions. And so because of that, I got to do uh, all the Julia duties. So I had to get Julia off the bus. <sighs> and I would say run back to the, uh, to the plaque shack, but uh, with the ice and stuff. So here I am. Thank you very much. Thank you for your concern. And, and I'm listening to the, uh, to, the, to the Men's Wellness Center. And I'm thinking, wow. 
I ought to drop by. I, I just like the sound of everything, all the reactions. It sounds like there are a lot of uh, high fives and applause. I do think that somebody at some point has to put testosterone in pasta. And no, seriously, and sell it as testosterone. I think that would be such a look. I'm the marketing side of things. I can't tell you how to make that, but uh, maybe, maybe they could do that. So Vivek Ramaswamy has endorsed former President Donald Trump. I don't think this is any great shock. The reality, if we if we want to just be honest amongst ourselves, Vivek Ramaswamy was always sort of this stalking horse for Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump said, I am not going to be part of your stupid little debates. And that made him the winner of each and every one of those stupid little debates. Vivek Ramaswamy, who I do believe was running, said, I'll be in the debates. And what did he do? He fundamentally put forward the Donald Trump position. So even though President Trump was not at the debates, and again, that was a win for President Trump, his ideas were still present at the debate via Vivek Ramaswamy, and that too was a win for Donald Trump. So Vivek Ramaswamy came out, uh, did a great, great speech endorsing former President Trump. We've got uh, a couple of the snippets. Now, remember, this speech was, what, what was it, Jeremy? Nine, ten minutes. Uh, Jeremy's gone in there and uh, picked out some of the good ones. Jeremy, I'm just going to leave it up to you. Let's hear cut number one. And that's why I was in this race, but I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night, and I'm a big believer that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we, the people choose who leads this country and so we heard we the people last night and that is why last evening i met my friend here we met in person and i told him that i would endorse donald j trump for president of the united states and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war well there you go vivek ramaswamy will be out on the uh, campaign trail directly for former president trump and i think that's a great thing Let's hear another little snippet from uh, Vivek. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. End affirmative action. End at DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. Wow! Man, he ought to be president. Well, he's not going to be president. But I'll tell you what. He sure as heck could have some role in the Trump administration, and I think he should. Let's hear uh, one final cut from uh, Vivek. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state. Not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. Wow. He's right, by the way. Oh, no, he's absolutely correct. The biggest mistake that Donald Trump made when he was president was not completely dismantling all of the swamp-dwelling 
apparatus and the associated apparatchiks. He needed to clean house top to bottom, bottom to top, side to side, and he didn't. He came in and he, he replaced the secretaries of this, that, and the other. And by the way, his secretary of defense, I'm pretty sure he, he let people know when he was going to be in the hospital and therefore not able to fulfill the obligations, responsibilities, and duties of the position of defense secretary. And then would, you know, allow the, uh, uh, what, what, what do you call the, uh, the deputy press secretary? Uh, I think miscongeniality is the, is the technical term. But would, would allow whoever number two was to take over, unlike Mr. Austin and uh, his boss. Vivek Ramaswamy absolutely has to have a, a role in the next Trump administration, and President Trump absolutely has just got to clean house. Simple as that. Everybody's got to go. Every one of these swamp dwellers has got to be shown the door, and it's not going to be easy. Because these are the people that hang out together. They're the members of the right clubs, the same clubs. They are going to the same parties. This, this is where you see the uniparty operation. They may have an R over here or a D over there, but behind closed doors, man, they are all on the same page. And that is, they like what they have, and they don't want to give it up. And they're not going to put up with some interloper like the President of the United States telling them they've got to pack their stuff and go. I've got a couple of uh, classic Vivek pieces. Uh, where should we Ooh, I'll tell you what. Vivek Ramaswamy was in no small part responsible for convincing Chris Christie that he just needed to hit the Golden Corral and, and be done with his presidential run, you know, his latest presidential run. And, of course, uh, pointing out that uh, Nikki Haley, she's become the darling of the swamp. How about uh, Vivek Christie Haley, classic Vivek number one? We learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor. Just walk yourself off that stage, enjoy a nice meal, yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. When it comes to Nikki, I think if you're going to actually send your sons and daughters while, to go die in somebody else's voting, war, while while you you better, excuse voting, me, Chris, I'm speaking, and I'm not done yet. I you had your chance, the time when you and we're going to be done. So listen up to this. Is If these people want to send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. $200 billion of our taxpayer money sent over, neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. It is intellectual fraud. These people are lying to you, the same people who told you about weapons and mass destruction in Iraq to justify that invasion, didn't know the first thing about it, yet they sent thousands of our sons and daughters to go die. The same people who told you the same in Afghanistan, where the Taliban is still in charge 20 years later. Seven trillion of our national debt due to these toxic neocons. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney, it is still a fascist neocon. Thank and you, you Mr. Ramaswamy. See that today. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. Dick Cheney all over again in this okay. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. Wow! Man. And I don't go along with the description of uh, Cheney as a fascist neocon, but man, I'm telling you, Vivek is is an exciting guy. He doesn't mind calling folks out. I will correct him on one thing. He was talking about Chris Christie and his foreign policy affairs, 
and he did neglect something that is actually very, very important. Uh, Chris Christie has eaten at the International House of Pancakes, so he absolutely, positively has got more than just a clue about some of the things going on. Tim Anderson is going to be with us at uh, 433, former state delegate, as you know. And uh, he has, well, he's got some big stuff that he's involved with, some really important things that he's involved with. And I'm, I'm just excited, really, really excited to uh, have him join us and uh, talk a little bit about uh, what may very well be next for him. It is 414 Jeff Katz, News Radio WR. 4.21, Cats News Radio, WRVA. If you are hating the cold as much as I am, all I ask you to do is wait um, a couple of days. Because starting on Monday, I think we got great temperatures. 48 is the high on Monday, then we're in the 50s, then we are well into the 60s. That's not bad at all. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Jeff, his name is pronounced Vivek. I don't really care. No, I mean, because in the future, he will simply be Secretary Ramaswamy. I don't know what he's going to be Secretary of, but he will. And uh, so for, for today, he's Vivek. It's just, it's sort of like an term of endearment, isn't it? That's what I, I was researching online. And they said, yes, his friends do call him Viv. Well, I'm not as kind of like some of the stuff he says, though. So we've got some of these uh, classic Ramaswamis, and I, I just wanted to share them with you because he had the, the, the guts, the wherewithal, what Vince McMahon used to call intestinal fortitude. How about uh, classic Vivek number two? Eight years. In 2019, Steve King said white nationalist, white super- According to who? New York Times. This was a direct- yeah, according to the New York Times, which he has challenged the existence of whether he actually ever said that to the New York Times. They have not produced one recording of it. And if anybody has pro- provided one other eyewitness account that verifies whatever it is, I'm just not one of these people that treats the New York Times as the Bible. I'm sorry. It's not. They've lied to us for years about everything from the pandemic that shut down this country for the last several years to each of the last two presidential elections from tech-suppressed information in the last one to what happened with the federal police state that tried to infiltrate Donald Trump's campaign in 2016 and stopped him from governing. So you could just go all the way back to the Iraq war to the truth about what happened with the basis for the bailouts. You can go back as far as you want to the front pages of the New York Times to, to tell you enough to be skeptical of what you read. I've gotten to know a man, and if what Steve King tells me versus what the front page of the New York Times tells me about what he actually said, I'll take Steve King's word over what some fake reporter has said without an iota of proof attached to it. I'm sorry. I love this guy. I really, well, I've read his story a couple of different times, and it's a fascinating story. He's a brilliant guy. He's not going to be president, uh, certainly not this time around. But I think he's laid the groundwork, and I think his getting up there, endorsing former President Trump, and the way that he endorsed him, it wasn't a, just like a backhanded, well, it's a foregone conclusion. What he said was, he listened to the voters. Vivek Ramaswamy, I'm talking about. He said, I, I, I listened to the people in Iowa. They spoke pretty doggone clearly. I got the message. Totally got the message. It would appear as if Nikki Haley hasn't gotten the message. Ron DeSantis hasn't gotten the message. When you rack up 51, 52% support in these uh, caucuses, or caucus. 
I reached out to a friend of mine in Des Moines. He was like the king of uh, uh, Iowa talk radio. Every four years, people talk to him, and then nobody pays attention to him anymore. But uh, he, he, he's buddy, and he did say, yeah, technically, uh, they are the Hawkeye. And people talk about the Hawkeye Hawkeye. So, but the caucuses, uh, Donald Trump got 52%. He won 98 out of 99 counties. You can spin it any way you want. You can, well, let me rephrase that. You can try to spin it any way you want. I don't think it's spinnable. I think the message is pretty clear. And the message is that the people, certainly in Iowa, who are Republicans, believe that Donald Trump is the person they want as the candidate. Well, Nikki Haley said it's a two-person race. Well, which two people? Because she came in third. She said she's got the momentum going into New Hampshire. The momentum for what? And then it goes to South Carolina. I got news for you. The most embarrassing moment for Nikki Haley will be, if she is still in the race, when she loses her home state of South Carolina to Donald Trump. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. That will be absolutely mortifying, and maybe, maybe, that will be enough for her to say, okay, I, I guess it is over. I guess I am done. But the egos on some of these folks are just so huge that it's, it's difficult for them to accept reality. Sometimes you just have to understand, okay, I didn't win. There's no shame in that. I, I, we live in a country now... By design, where people are told, well, everybody's a winner. You're all going to win. We all have. Well, if, if everybody wins, then nobody wins. And you can use it as a learning situation. This applies to anything and everything. But Nikki Haley clearly is not going to be the Republican Party nominee this time. Maybe sometime down the line. I don't know. But I would prefer, because I would like to see Joe Biden and his gang of grifters removed from the White House, I would like our folks to get their flipping acts together and unify. Tomorrow morning, my buddy John Reed is uh, going to be here at 6 a.m. Make sure you join him, would you? It's Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Wednesday afternoon, just about uh, an hour from now. My friend Sheriff Carl Leonard is going to be with us. We've got a lot of stuff that we're going to chat about with uh, 
with the sheriff, in, in, including the efforts to uh, support Special Olympics. And uh, I also want to go into some of his prep work. You know, he's he's a great guy, as you know, and his team from the Chesterfield County Sheriff's Office, the Super Sickles, are great folks, and they are uh, they're just raising great money. But we want to get them over the line, and, and Carl did some some prep for the polar plunge. That well, well, I'm going to let him tell you about it at uh, five thirty three. Uh, you know Tim Anderson. You know him as a very very prominent attorney in a wine variety of areas. You know him as someone who is willing to stand up and say, hey, uh, the prior Commonwealth's attorney down in Chesterfield County, there's some crazy things going on there. He was one of the few people willing to stand up and uh, call her out. Uh, he has served as a state delegate, and uh, he's got he's got something new that he is undertaking, and it's something, in, in all candor, that has been overlooked for a long time and by a lot of people and and who better than tim to address it so i'm happy that he's joining us tim thank you for being here man hey so good to be here i feel like i'm with a superstar now with all your uh, national exposure <laughs> well well thank you thank you i uh, uh i enjoy this guy tim who has been uh, kind enough to sit in when i've been otherwise occupied pretty doggone good yourself i uh, know that's awesome well thank you so much so uh yeah let me tell you what's going on so um First, you know, I'm a lawyer, and, you know, what I like to do is, is solve problems. And here's the problem that I see in Virginia. Okay. Uh, last year, the Democrats, National Democrats, dropped $2.5 million of national money into our state delegate and state Senate races. Um, they brought in all the dog and pony shows with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and Joe Biden. You know, they just they, they energized their base with all their national figures, and they dropped in all this money. And the Republican National Party, when asked specifically by our state party chairman, Rich Anderson, for matching dollars, got rebuffed. Um, and, and this was at a time when, you know, this is an off-year election. Uh, the RNC was sitting on millions of dollars of money. And uh, we were like, hey, the Democrats are meddling. We need help. And uh, they said, no, thanks. And, you know, that just that's a problem. That, that is the problem. Uh, you know, despite all of the, the Democrat meddling and all of the money and all of the national figures, they were only able to win Virginia by a one seat majority in both the Senate and the House. And so what you know, what the issue is, this is that why did the RNC not help Virginia when we needed it, when the national Democrats were? If we had had national exposure, if the if the presidential candidates, you know, DeSantis or Trump or, or you know, any of them had come to Virginia, it would have energized the base. Um, and we got nothing. There was no George Bush coming here. There was no Marco Rubio in town. There was no presidential candidates. So um, in, in the way the RNC works is, is that there are ambassadors from every state. There's a man and a woman, and then there's a state party chairman. And these three people from each state formed the committee. And uh, uh, Virginia has an ambassador uh, for a man and a woman, uh, and those both are up for election. And I've decided that I'm going to jump in and challenge the current incumbent who has held this seat consecutively since Ronald Reagan was president. Um, and just get in there and say, look, I don't know what's wrong with our ambassadors. I don't know why we didn't get the money 
that we needed desperately at the last hour. But we have got to start screaming from the rooftops uh, that Virginia is not blue. The RNC thinks we're blue. We're not blue. We are a battleground state. You know, they looked at the Daniel Gabe race and they say, well, you know, Warner blew Daniel Gabe by 12 points. Well, Warner had $16 million. Gabe had four. Um, you know, and they, and, they, and they look at all of the metrics macroly, but not microly. We've got to change that because here's the thing. 2025 is right around the corner, and Abigail Spanberger is likely on the current path going to be our next governor. She's a Democrat. So hopefully things change, but she is on track to be the next governor of Virginia, and we have got to invest resources into our statewide races. We have got to invest resources in flipping the House because if we don't, and the Democrats get a trifecta in Virginia, you're going to see prisoners getting released after 15 years, violent felons who've got life sentences getting released after 15 years. You're going to see our, our Second Amendment rights get restricted. You're going to see unions coming in. I mean, all the craziness is going to come if they get a trifecta. So we have got to – I'm jumping in to bring all this up, up to the National Party and hopefully get resources back for 2025. That's all it. Right. So, so, so here's here's my question for you, Tim. And I want to remind everybody: Tim Anderson is joining us, a former state delegate, a very, very well regarded uh, attorney, uh, expert. Uh, I would dare say in the area of uh, firearms uh, laws and regulations. So we have a Republican. Uh, committee man and a Republican committee woman or ambassador or whatever the title is that we want to use. I'm a Republican. How come I don't know who he is and do I get to vote for him? Yeah, so his, his name is Morton Blackwell. He's, he's a legend in Virginia. Morton Blackwell has been around for a long time. Um, and uh, he's, he's done some great work, but he is now 85 years old. And he is running again for this four-year job that he has held since Ronald Reagan. Um, so in order to elect the people to the RNC, um, there is a convention process. And, of course, Republicans have to make this ridiculously complicated. But, no, you don't get to vote in it unless you sign up to be a delegate. And then you have to come to Hampton in Virginia, uh, Hampton in, on June 1st, to vote. So, so what I have to do is get people like you and others who are like, yeah, there's something wrong with the RNC. We've got to do some difference here. We've got to get those people signed up from wherever they are statewide, yeah. from Wise County to Fairfax to Chesterfield to Virginia Beach. Everybody signs up with their local units, and then uh, they have to come on June 1st in Hampton. And look, I know it's not so hard to ask Virginia Beach people to go to Hampton, but it's a big ask to ask Roanoke to come to Hampton. But our entire state depends on us getting national attention in 2025. And if we don't, we're going to lose it. And we are done if that happens. So everybody's going to have to really look at the RNC. And if you think the RNC is great, then, you know, fine. If you think that there's some brokenness here and that Virginia's relationship with the RNC is broken, then we need a change. And that means you're going to have to get out and register with your local committees and come to Hampton in June. 
All right, so explain the process to me, Tim, because I'm looking at this, and I certainly uh, know of Mr. Blackwell's uh, history and, you know, L.I. Leadership Institute. I mean, brilliant guy, fantastic guy, but I would dare say at, at 85, it's, you know, maybe time to play a little more golf or sit on the porch or, you know, whatever. I, and I don't I don't have a problem with that. At, at, I'll tell you the truth, at 85, I don't want to be any, doing anything related to work. I don't want, I don't want anybody I like to have my phone number let alone somebody who's asking me to do something but you know you're you're young you're energetic you you are committed to this so i would say absolutely i want to help you i served as a delegate for uh, for john mcguire i think i traveled two hours to get to that convention how do i get signed up then to come to hampton so every unit has their own rules and regulations so there's 125 units chesterfield i think that's where you live they have no, not I'm, published their... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm oh. up in Hanover, and, you know, we're Republican-friendly. Okay. okay, great. Well, Hanover hasn't published their guidelines either. Caroline has, okay. Stafford has. So, so so this is starting to roll out, and this will all be done by the end of February. So the best way to do it is to go to my website, tim4va.com, okay. and then just pre-register as a delegate. Um, you'll then get an email from me saying, you know, what county do you live in? And then you're in our internal database. We're not selling this. You're not going to get text messages from d- different campaigns. This is just so I can communicate specifically, hey, Jeff, here's the handover policies. Here's the form. Here's what you have to do. Uh, and, you know, everybody else who's signing up in handover. And so since we started this a couple days ago, we've got about 300 people who have signed up, which is huge, um, you know, in, a, in, a, in a, this kind of thing, like you have to go to Hampton. You have to sign up. And so, you know, we're really trying to just get these people here because it's all going to happen very quick. And Virginia Beach is going to be different than Hanover. And so we've got to get keep everybody uh, who wants to participate connected on how to do it. And this is about helping the Virginia Republican Party to be better positioned for victory. You, you are so spot on when you talk about... Uh, the lack of of resources. Believe me, I, I I heard the horror stories from many people saying, "Yeah, we asked them for money, and they basically said, mm, well, hit the pike. Where we're just not interested." Uh, but the idea that you could fire up the base and you look at the margins of victory for both our House of Delegates and the State Senate, man, if we would have had a couple of uh, you know barnstorming events, if we would have had a couple of dollars, those those would be in the hands of Republicans at this point. Yeah. And, and, you know, firing up the base is my specialty. Um, and, and, you know, I have this campaign guy that's helping me who's done conventions and the people that are signing up, he's never heard of most of them. And so it is, you know, these are people that have been connected to me statewide since we started this movement and, you know, bringing normal, regular people into the Republican Party is something the Republican Party desperately needs. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I'm not an insider. I'm not a politician. I'm not, you know, some Republican Kool-Aid drinking person. I know the Republican Party has problems. But what I also know is this, is the only party that can stand up to the Democrats is the Republicans. And so we can't just say they suck. We have to get in there. We have to fix it. That's what I'm trying to do. It's complete love of state that I'm doing this. This is an unpaid position. All I want to do is get the win in 2025. That's my number one priority so that we don't have to move. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you if there was a salary, but you took that right. Okay, so it's unpaid. And, well, you know what? 
Tim, I shared this with my listeners. Had the last election gone in the other direction and we were burdened with Terry McAuliffe again, we were going to Florida. It, it was just that simple. And uh, God help us if this Abigail Spamberger uh, is able to win because, yeah, we're, we're probably out of here as well. Uh, you know, if Abigail wins and we don't flip the house, uh, they're going to abortion up until birth. Yep. you know, r- extreme restrictions of firearms, then they're going to tamper with other things like getting unions in. Unions are to fund the Democrat machine. And then we're going to look like New York. They're going to have super majorities. And uh, yeah, it's going to be very bad. You look at the stuff that they proposed this year, which is kind of a showcase mm-hmm. of, you know, of where they want Virginia to go. Those are all going to get blocked by Governor Yunkin, thank God. Yeah. But the But those will all become law in 2025. If we don't Right. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying my committee man role is the key, but my committee man role is a part of a big puzzle of how to get the team across the finish line. And that's all I care about right now. All right. Well, listen, Tim, I went to Tim4VA.com. I am uh, now pre-registered. And uh, if people are interested, again, that's the best way, right? Tim4VA.com. Yep. Yep, and then we're gonna have we're gonna have all the committees, whether you live in in Fairfax or anywhere, we're gonna have all the committee requirements of what you have to do and when you have to do it. And what you'll get is you're gonna get an email from us that says, "Okay, handover people, this is what you have to do, and this is when you have to do it." And that's gonna follow, you know, in a couple whenever they publish it, in the next three or four or five ten days. Okay, well, fair enough. Listen, Tim, I want to get you back uh, before. That all goes live, and uh, just you'll be able to remind people uh, just how important this is, and and really, really big picture. Uh, we've got to step up and uh, make sure that uh, Virginia remains the best place to live, work, and raise a family. I I always appreciate you being here. I always appreciate you uh, sitting in for me when you do, and uh, I'm looking forward to helping you out with this. Thank you, brother. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. That is Tim Anderson. So if you want to learn more about this, maybe you want to participate. Uh, we, we, we just cannot afford to let Virginia go. Tim4VA.com. Tim4VA.com. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four fifty one, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. I was so thrilled to hear Governor Glenn Youngkin addressing the uh, ARC rally. ARC. It used to be an acronym, and now it's just called the ARC, but it's uh, it's an organization that uh, advocates for uh, members of our community who are disabled. And they had a, a lobby day, much like uh, VCDL does, much like the uh, the Jewish community does. But, well, I, I think probably every group of some sort or another has a, quote, lobby day. Well, uh, today was the ARC day, and Governor Yunkin spoke to the gathering, and he pointed out that his budget has $300 million allocated to help Virginians with developmental disabilities. This is the most expansive, far-reaching funding proposal ever from any governor of Virginia to help members of our community with developmental disabilities. Am I selfish in this regard? I suppose, because Lord knows Julia's got a boatload of developmental disabilities. And I know that she's on some waiver list 
and we don't take care of the waivers. This ought to be the easiest thing to come through the House of Delegates and the State Senate and send to the governor's office. This is about removing the waiting lists. This is about actually funding each of those slots. Now, $300 million is, is a lot of money. I know. But I want you to understand something. Our Commonwealth, you and I love our Commonwealth, do we not? Here's the reality of our Commonwealth right now. We have people who are on these disability waiver waiting lists who will actually pass away before their waiver comes through, before it is funded. This is not Republican or Democrats. This is about right and wrong. And in the past, Republican governors and Democrat governors have each underfunded those slots. I'm here to tell you, if we are, in fact, a collection of decent people, and I would like to think that we are, then this is where we have the opportunity to prove it. This is where the elected members of the House of Delegates and the State Senate can step up and say, okay, we can't agree on what to have for lunch, but this one thing, funding those slots for members of our community are disabled. That is the one thing we can all agree on. And it is time for every one of these folks in the House, in the Senate, to get off their rear ends and do the right thing. I I know I'm preaching and I know I'm I'm carrying on, but I am telling you as, as a member of a county community services board, as the father of a severely disabled child, as someone who counts among my friends, other parents with disabled family members, this is vital. And it should not, it must not be a D or R issue. It's Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. afternoon about a half hour from now our friend chesterfield county sheriff carl leonard's going to be along we got a lot that we're going to be talking about uh, especially the polar plunge god i have become such a flipping weather wimp i i, I mean really there, there's a part of me that is slightly embarrassed and there's another part of me telling that part that's embarrassed just shut up it's cold and it's cold it really is. It's it, it's just cold is what it is. And Carl Leonard and the uh, the guys and gals from the Chesterfield County Sheriff's Office are, are going to go plunge in the Atlantic Ocean in a couple of weeks out in Virginia Beach. And it's all to raise money for the Special Olympics. We've got another way that we're trying to raise money. I say we, because I'm not going in the ocean. I, I mean, I said I would. And, and, no, you know what? And I would. I No, no, I absolutely would. But uh, because of Heidi, her medical restrictions at the moment, I can't. 
And uh, I said, I, I would, however, go along with this whole getting the Special Olympics logo tattoo. So that's what I just said, uh, said I would do. So if, if Carl Leonard is able to raise $10,000, he is going to get the Special Olympics logo tattooed live on Facebook. If he's able to raise $15,000, I said, okay, I'm in for ink. Uh, I, too, will get the Special Olympics logo tattooed live on Facebook, and you'll be able to enjoy it. So we'll chat with him in uh, just about a half an hour. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president. (gasps) What? You said you don't do predictions. I know, but I'd say it's pretty clear. And what is so absolutely uh, hysterical is the reaction, and it is a collective reaction from all of the uber left-wing wackadoodles. And one of them is back, who we just haven't seen in such a long time. And I, I well, I, I was watching MSNBC, because you know, you know, I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. No, 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 it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay, you're welcome. And so I'm watching MSNBC, and it was really weird. My legs started to tingle. You know why? <laughs> Chris Matthews is back, number one. Well, I hope the people that are voting for Trump in these primaries enjoy the tyranny that may be coming to this country, because the tyranny is what it's about. When 62 percent of the people say they don't care if he's been convicted or if people he pardons uh, were committing crimes and, t- and, and, and felonies in the case of 200 people that raided the Capitol on January 6th, that's 200 people that have pled guilty to felonies. And they're going to think about that's what I wrote about in the month of Washington Monthly this morning. What, what they have to think about is their own rights. Women's rights, of course. He's not, he doesn't believe in women's rights. He believes women needed to be punished. That's what he told me. He wants the punishment. Where's he on civil rights? Where's he on any rights? And I think about Obamacare, the, the 20 some million people that have Obamacare now, he's determined to get rid of it. He wants to have a 10% tax on the consumers for buying goods from overseas. Those are, he's the only guy talking about tax increases. So I think a lot of people that think, oh, it's great. He had a lot of fun there on January 6th. He enjoyed himself sitting in the little room next to the Oval Office, watching crimes being committed, watching police officers being assaulted, people ramming their way through the speaker's lobby. That's fun, but they're not the victims yet. And that's what people have to think about. Tyranny has victims. And the people out there who start thinking what a yuck yuck it is that this guy can get away with murder, they think it's funny because it's not affecting yeah. them yet. And I'm telling you, when the people start counting up, what's a tyrant going to be like? Is he going to be nice to me? You know, I don't think so. And I think Trump is not the nicest guy in the world. Let's face it. He's not the nicest guy in the world. And why people think it's great that he's backing up criminals and that he he's committing how many how many crimes did he himself? Right. And by the way, E. Jean Carroll, if it's your daughter, it's your sister, it's you. Are you rooting for him in that case? Are you saying he's innocent? Innocent? He's not innocent. Yeah. He's guilty. And I think we got to start and, thinking about and, not how people are polling, but what their attitude is when they poll. I don't. I know they don't like the government. They don't like the big shots. They don't like the elite and all that. But do they really want this guy? Do they really want this guy to control their lives? And I think we got to think. Well, and Biden's I mean, got to think about this too. Oh, is he done? Oh, I was. I know. I was hoping we'd have him for a little bit longer. He is. He's hysterical. Now, he doesn't mean to be hysterical, but he's hysterical. And there is going to come a point, uh, 
where he's going to be. He's going to be on MSNBC, and you're not going to know about it because you don't watch MSNBC. But I'll be watching, and then I'll report to you that he actually just uh, he worked himself up into such a lather that he he keeled over and passed out. It's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, it's going to happen. These folks are in overdrive. Now, why is that? Well, a couple of reasons. Uh, the biggest reason is that they hate Donald Trump, right? Well, that's only part of the reason. The other part of the reason? They hate you. Make no mistake about it. They hate you. I know it hurts, and you think, but I didn't do anything, or, or I've only done good things, or why are they... You're never going to make any sense out of it. And that's the thing. So, so once you come to terms with it, and you will eventually, sooner you come to terms with it, the more energy you're going to have to do even better things. We've got to save Virginia. We've got to save America. These are absolute existential threats being posed by the leftists. They don't want you to live freely. They just don't. And they have so much help from so many people. The legacy news media ranks are chock full of these left-wing hacktivists. And some of the folks who purport to be independent political analysts are also hardcore leftists. I'll give you an example. I was scrolling through uh, X. And uh, there was something that came from uh, Larry Sabato. Now, you know Larry Sabato, right? Larry Sabato, who heads up the Larry Sabato Center for the promotion of Larry Sabato out at uh, UVA. And he was on about some sort of anti-Trump thing. And, oh, and just it, it's never-ending. So I understand somebody doesn't like Donald Trump. But I thought you were supposed to have this whole crystal ball thing and just do analysis and just tell us which way things were swinging. See, that's why you can't trust the vast majority of these folks. You just can't. Keep your head down. Stay focused on the game. CBS News, not much better than ABC News. They, too, are a part of the, the entire left-wing operation, but they seem to have forgotten in this little clip, which is cut number two, that, 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 well, Nikki Haley has become the darling of many of the swamp dwellers. Cut number two. Ambassador, all good presidents are tested by adversity. You have some. Why is this race not over? We're just getting started. I mean, Iowa's the first, then New Hampshire's the first in the nation, then we go to the first in the South in South Carolina. Ambassador, 30 points in Iowa is is more than a stone's throw, but let me accept your, your claim coming out of Iowa, which is that it's a two-person race. Well, I'm talking race. about a stone's throw in New Hampshire. So let's accept for a moment that uh, it's a two-person race. Campaigns are job interviews, and so that makes you both a candidate and a job reference for the front runner. You watched him up close. Many who also did, who watched former President Trump up close, said he is unfit to be president. You won't say that, and it appears that you can't, and I wonder if this is an obstacle for you in your party, because if you were to say that, anything you would identify as a character flaw in Donald Trump would be seen by Republican voters as a compliment. If you can't say, somebody watched him up close, that he is unfit to be president, why shouldn't voters pick the guy with more experience? But if it's a two-person race, it's not crazy to ask about the other person in the race. You watched him up close. Is Donald Trump fit to be president? 
Governor Haley, it's good to see you. How do you convince some of Trump voters to vote for you? It's interesting. The latest poll shows yesterday, 65 percent of the caucus voters still do not believe that Joe Biden legitimately won this election. How do you combat it when people just don't believe the facts that no matter what you say, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, he appears in many respects to be untouchable. How do you sway his voters to say, over here, guys, please listen to what we're saying. Twice. Governor, do they really want the truth? I was proud to serve in his administration. I, honestly, honestly, I'm wondering, do they want the truth? Because you give them the truth, but they still say, nope, I, nope, nope, I, it's not legit. Do you notice what they're not doing in any of those clips? Giving her a chance to actually answer their pseudo questions. Those aren't questions that they're asking her. They're, they're campaign speeches they're delivering. These are not reporters. These are not journalists. These are left-wing hacks. They happen to have been deployed to newsrooms, but they are what they are. And the moment that you understand that, again, the happier you are going to be. They're not interested in what Nikki Haley has to say. They're interested in telling Nikki Haley what they believe. And therefore, she should believe. Because, as they will make clear to you, they're smarter than you are. They're smarter than she is. They're smarter than I am. They believe to their core that they know best for you. Now, you got a couple of options. You can just turn your brain off and go along with anything and everything that they want you to do. Make no mistake, it's never in your best interest. Or you can grow a spine, stand up straight, understand who they are, what they are, and what they're trying to do, and then get yourself back in the game. And they beat me up, they were nasty to me. Gave you the advice yesterday, didn't I? Rub some dirt on it, take a lap, walk it off. You can do it. In fact, quite frankly, if you care about your kids, you care about your grandkids, you care about uh, someone other than you, uh, you will do it. It is 514 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. I am so happy to hear the theme to Barney Miller again. That is fantastic. Hey, I mentioned to you, everybody's got an advocacy day, right? A lobby day. Uh, as soon as I mentioned that, and I, I know the timing was purely a coinky dink. Uh, I did get an email from the uh, Jewish Community Federation of Richmond that uh, legislative advocacy day for the uh, various and sundry Jewish communities throughout our beloved Commonwealth is the 7th of February. All right, so everybody's got one of these things, and I think it's a great idea, and people need to be involved. And I just, I, I heard what Governor Yunkin had to say, and I was just so thrilled. I, I, I cannot begin to describe how happy I was as, as Governor Yunkin was talking about funding all of the slots for disabled Virginians. There's not that much money. Uh, maybe to you, maybe to me, $300 million is a lot of money. But when it comes to the budget, when it comes to taking care of the disabled 
in our Commonwealth, it's 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 not really all that much. I know, crazy, right? I think we've got just enough time here, don't we, for a little John Kerry, which is all I can ever take of uh, Lurch. He's decided he's stepping down as uh, Joe Biden's fictional climate whatever. But he, of course, flew in private jet to Davos, the World Economic Forum, to take part in the big uh, dog and pony show there. And a reporter, actual citizen journalist with Rebel News, that's a conservative operation in Canada, had a few questions for him. Cut number four. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you travelling here to tell us, please, sorry? We're done. We're we done. are done now. You don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Being here suggests that. A stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And and I have done a huge amount. Listen, now it's finished. Please. Why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? Why are you trying to bully me out of us? Our... No, so please. That, that doesn't. A lot of people say no to a lot of the policies and agendas he pushes. They don't get a choice. So why can't we ask him a question in a public space? Can you, you not touch me? Can you not touch me? No, I'm I'm happy. Wait, so, so answer, we can walk I nicely. I your question. What did you answer? Please respect the no. I don't even know what you're at. I, I, I don't know what you're Sir, sir. Listen, I, that's all right. We're walking to the meeting. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you're a bunch of, why are you working so hard to protect such a criminal? That's right, criminals. Why, why are you protecting criminals? That's a great question. I have no idea what the answer is, except that, well, you know, they're better than we are, and they hate us. Okay, now, you know what? I did know the answer. Sheriff Carl Leonard's up next with me, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a Wednesday afternoon, and I have mentioned to you that uh, we're coming up on the Polar Plunge. This is where a collection of wonderful human beings who are just crazy, but they're wonderful human beings, travel out to Virginia Beach in the dead of winter and jump into the Atlantic Ocean to raise money for Special Olympics of Virginia. And uh, one of the folks who has done it for many, many years is just a great member of our community. He's the sheriff of Chesterfield County. He's a friend as well. Carl Leonard, uh, good afternoon, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for having me again, Jeff. Oh, it is great to have you here uh, to talk about all of this. And uh, I've pointed out for the record, Carl, and I know you're aware of this because you do it every year. You you jump into the Atlantic Ocean in, in February uh, it's cold. It's really, really cold. Well, it is, and uh, it, it, it's more than just a jump in or a plunge. Uh, we actually have to swim out and high-five the rescue swimmers that are lined up across the water. Uh, so you go fully immersed, and uh, it's 
It is very cold, but more importantly, it is a lot of fun. It's a full weekend of activities the Special Olympics puts on. Uh, there's 5Ks. There's costume contest. It's just a really fun weekend for everybody to get together. They have thousands of people who come out in various costumes uh, to take the plunge, all in support of our athletes, who, by the way, the athletes themselves will take the plunge with us, which is very exciting. You have to do a certain amount of prep to get ready for this, right? you got to prep mentally as well as physically. What, what's been in your sort of playbook for, for just ramping up for this? Well, I, I took advantage of a situation that offered itself to me this past weekend. I actually drove up to Buffalo to go to the Buffalo Bills game this past Monday and experience sub-zero temperatures and 41 inches of snow and to get myself ready to jump into the Atlantic Ocean on February 3rd. <sighs> Oh, my gosh. So uh, you've been down here south of the Mason-Dixon line a while, e- even for a, a native. What do you call people from Buffalo besides crazy? Is it, is it Buffalonian? Buffalonians, yes. Yeah, all right. I mean, you, 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 even as a native Buffalonian, Carl, you, you had to look at 41 inches of snow and sub-zero temperature saying, I, I, I'm not crazy about this. Uh, no, it's just a normal day business for them up there, and... Uh, yeah, you know, when you start standing out in the cold stands of a football game for four hours at sub-zero temperatures, you're more than ready to jump into the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I'll bet you are. Uh, well, okay, so you have prepped, and uh, your team, the Super Sickles, comprised of uh, deputy sheriffs of uh, all ranks and assignments in the Chesterfield County Sheriff's Office. You folks all raise money. You've been doing it for years. Tell me first about the Super Sickles, because I'm looking at how the money's uh, sort of playing out here. They're doing really well, aren't they? Right. Super. This is our. I've been doing it for 10 years. I think they have been doing it for 12 years okay. uh, now. They're 12th consecutive polar plunge. Uh, I've only been with the sheriff's office for 10 years. I've done it every year with them. Uh, right now, they're their second highest uh, earning team uh, for the polar plunge. We've got a long way to go, though, however, and uh, yeah. really proud of everybody in our team. We, we do have various costume themes Every year, we've been Waldo one year, Farm Animals another year, uh, Minions one year. This year, we're all going as various Star Wars characters, and uh, it's just part of the, the activities and the fun of this event. But not losing sight that all of this money, and the goal this year is $1.6 million. The goal of this money is to support the 20,000 Special Olympic athletes. And, yep. you know, it goes to, to, to fund things like on February 24th and 25th, the Virginia Special Olympics state basketball champions will be played out at that new Henrico Sports and Events Center in Glen Allen. And that's what these funds go to, these tax-deductible funds. Great point that these are tax-deductible. I, I love the costumes. Before we talk about your personal fundraiser, which is really on track once again to uh, to raise a boatload of money for our Special Olympians, have you picked out a Star Wars costume for yourself? I have. Uh, I'm going as Obi Wan, and uh, you know that that's going to be up my costume for the event. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about what you're going to do this year. But but give everybody a refresher on some of the things you've done in the past. Well, it's you know it's 
there's so many different charities out there competing for everybody's money, and I understand that. And there's so many great charities that are out there. And uh, Special Olympics is really one that's close to the law enforcement community statewide. And uh, so try to, you know, I try to make it fun for people to find a reason to donate to me, to have me do, okay, stupid things, Jeff. Uh, so... <laughs> Last year, I promised to take the Packy One Chip Challenge on camera if I raised $10,000, which I did. And uh, I, I quickly learned I would not repeat that <laughs> pledge for this year. So this year instead, uh, I said that if I raised $10,000 live on camera, I would get the Special Olympics logo tattooed on my body. Yes, sir. Uh, but I'm not going in it alone because, as you know, Jeff, you said, well, if you raise 15000 I'll get a matching tattoo on me. That is so, exactly correct. Yes, sir. That's our goal this year to raise fifteen thousand for my my personal page. Yep. Uh, to, to and and if we do the ten thousand, which we're getting close, um, I'm about seventy five hundred in right now. Okay. I, I suspect we'll break ten thousand probably by next week. Okay. So I'll, I'll be in it for my tattoo. But we need to keep going and get that 15000 so I can get you to get some ink as well. Absolutely. I am absolutely in on this. We do need people to donate. Uh, you are really, really close. Have you picked out a location for the logo? Because you, you better plot that out pretty soon, my friend. I have not picked it out yet, but I want to be perfectly clear to the audience. I am not taking suggestions where to put it. <laughs> ah. well, now, what if somebody pledged, say, $1,000 with a suggestion? Uh, I've already had those pledges, and they were all a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, but somewhere on the uh, the sheriff's uh, epidermis, he will, in fact, get the uh, Special Olympics logo, and uh, that's at the $10,000 mark. If we can just raise a little bit more, $15,000, I'm going with the sheriff. It's going to be at uh, Journey's End Tattoo Studio in Powhatan. Mike Ivey said, absolutely, guys, I want to help you out uh, in any way that I can. So here's what we need to do, Carl. We've got to get people to your page. I know the Super Sickles are doing a great job. They don't need any help from us. We've got to get the money into the Carl Leonard Fundraiser for Special Olympics. Help out, did you say 20000 Special Olympians in our, our Commonwealth? 20,000, a little bit more than 20,000 Special Olympic athletes in Virginia. And uh, you know, there's a host of activities that go on year-round for them. Uh, like I said, we have the basketball tournament coming up in February, but there's uh, competitions throughout the year. And then, of course, there's the, the big state competition held at University of Richmond every year. Yep. And then we also send folks to the nationals and internationals held throughout the world. It's incredible. I, I, I don't know about you, Carl, but every time that I have the opportunity to interact with uh, uh, these, these fine folks who are participating in Special Olympics, there is, uh, there is a sense of pride. There is so much uh, achievement and accomplishment. And I, I'm just, I, I am truly humbled to meet real, honest-to-goodness, gold medal athletes uh, that participate in the Special Olympics. It's, it's just, uh, it will warm every single part of your heart. Oh, absolutely. These are some phenomenal people and extremely good athletes in various sports. And uh, they kind of shame us because they go into this ocean and, the, you know, they're having a great time. And it's like, OK, well, we're committed now. Yes, so, uh, it, yes, sir. Uh, pot committed, I believe, is the phrase in poker. All right. So, Sheriff <laughs> Leonard, tell us exactly where we go to help. Well, the easiest way is just to Google the Polar Plunge Virginia Beach. 
okay. or Virginia Beach Polar Plunge, and it'll bring you to the page, a Special Olympic page, very friendly website, easy to work through. And there's an icon at the top that says Donate. And if you just press on that Donate, it'll take you to another page, and it'll ask you, uh, is there a particular person you want to donate to? You can either type in uh, my name or the Super Sickles, but my name gets you to the tattoo money. So yes. just type in Carl Leonard, and my page will come right up. And you can make your tax-deductible donation right there. And I you can make it. it through PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, bank transfers. There's multiple ways to make these transactions. Hey, I got news for you. If somebody is willing to, to get us right to that $15,000 mark, just, just write a check for that, I'll come and pick up the check personally. How's that? Uh, I like that. Now, because it's a lot of money, I'll escort you. I love it. All right. Well, we, we've got to do this. How much time do we have left to get this done, Carl? Well, you can actually donate past the event itself on February 3rd, but we like to get it all in by the time we plunge. So, you know, we're saying if you could do it before February 2nd, that would be great. The sooner the better so we can actually plan our tattoo uh, time and, and get it ready to be filmed. I love this. This is amazing. All right, give everybody the details just one more time, if you don't mind, to, to donate. Right. So it's it's Polar Plunge Virginia Beach or Virginia Beach Polar Plunge is all you got to Put in your, your your Google site or whatever site you use, and then go to the Donate button, and you can pick out a person to donate to. If you put in my name, Carl Leonard, you can go to right to my page, Donate, and get us up to that 15000 so we can both get our tattoo with a special Olympic logo. I love it. Did we pick out a color for the logo? Was it going to be orange? I, I don't think we picked out a color yet. Uh, okay. We haven't even picked out the part we're going to get it tattooed on yet, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Well, there are details to be worked through, but we're going to do it, by God. We are going to do it. Well, Carl, I'm excited about this. We are edging closer and closer and closer, and just like the Buffalo Bills did, and this pains me as a Patriots fan, as you know, but the Buffalo Bills are getting it done, and uh, I'm not going to Orchard Park anytime except, when do you guys have summer? Is that July the 7th in Buffalo? It's that week, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's full way. Yeah, that's the only time I'm going to Orchard Park. But I'm rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for us. We're going to do this, Carl. I thank you so much for being here. I want to uh, check in again next week if that's okay. Absolutely, let's do it. And uh, hopefully, everybody will come out there, make your donations, e even ten dollars if you feel comfortable just making that donation to Special Olympics. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. That is Carl Leonard. He is the sheriff of Chesterfield County. He is truly uh, just one of the finest people you are ever going to meet. And his devotion and dedication, not just to law enforcement and public service and all the rest of that, but to the, the, the men and women who are participating in Special Olympics. Now, I, I have a, a soft spot in my heart because I know two people. I mean, Julia used to participate in Special Olympics soccer, and uh, my dear friend Emily Morrissey down in Midlothian, she is a Special Olympian. Her brother PJ was part of that activity as well. I mean, they're great people, and Carl is truly, truly, truly one of the best. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long that song. And you know what's always great about that song? Well, I mean, it, it, it's got, uh, obviously, it's got great words. It's got great music. And you can see now why uh, the producers of the Barney Miller television show decided to use that as their uh, as their theme song. Just, it's, it's good stuff. Hey, I think, I think, I think I've got just enough time to feature one of the many... 
friends of Hamas who are at CNN, do I not? Uh, Fareed Zakaria, cut number three. This military campaign is being perpetrated by a deeply unpopular government in Jerusalem that is trying to salvage its reputation. Polls since the start of this conflict have shown that most of the Israeli public has lost faith in Prime Minister Netanyahu. A poll that came out last week found that only 15% of those surveyed wanted Bibi Netanyahu to keep his job after the war. 69% wanted elections as soon as the war ends. It is awkward to note this, but Prime Minister Netanyahu has every incentive to keep the military campaign going in the hope that his day of reckoning can be postponed, if not put off indefinitely. Having bungled the strategy toward Hamas before the war, he is trying to use maximum force now as political compensation. Israel is a democracy and an open society, and precisely because of that, it will one day have to ask itself whether it acted appropriately in the heat of its anger and sorrow after October 7th. Friends of Israel should help it ask those questions now so that it does not look back on this episode with shame and regret. Really? Well, let me say something to you, Fareed. Why don't you sit down and shut up? Or, here's another option for you, why don't you shut up and sit down? The very last thing that Israel needs to do is take advice from anti-Semites at CNN. Nobody gives a damn what you have to say about Bibi Netanyahu or Israel. I'm telling you that as sure as I am sitting here, pal. You are the worst of the worst. You are a friend to Hamas. You are an absolutely despicable person, and you have been for a long time. So I am just telling you, as a Jew, as a proud Jew, nobody on my side, in my family, in my community, gives a rat's ass what you have to say to or about Israel. We both know how you feel. It would probably be better for everyone if you would, I don't know, be slightly more honest, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. So, okay, what are you going to do? Don't anybody listen to Fareed Zakaria. Don't anybody pay attention to what he thinks the people of Israel ought to do. Because my sincere sense after many years of watching him, paying attention to what he really says, my sincere, honest belief is he'd probably be a lot happier if the people of Israel didn't say anything. He's someone who is providing support because of his comments. Because of his uh, CNN platform, he's providing support to Hamas. Now, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, well, he just doesn't realize that. I think he does, but okay, I'll, I'll be the good guy here. I'll be the nice guy here. I'll, I'll give him that out and say, well, he just, he just doesn't know. Just doesn't know. Tomorrow morning, do yourself a favor, please. Pay attention to uh, my friend John Reed. He'll be here 6 a.m. Make sure that you are listening to John first thing in the morning. He's going to be uh, down at the Capitol, the new session of the Assembly and the, uh, well, the whole gang. What can I tell you? They're all back. I want you to have a fantastic evening. It's going to be cold, cold, cold. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRV.
Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.